Matthew chapter number 8 this morning. Matthew chapter 8 is where we'll be. And I want to read just one verse of Scripture, verse number 27. Matthew chapter number 8. And I want to read just number 27, verse 27. And so um, I pray that God would use the portion of the Scripture today to bless us today. And what I'm interested today in is, is this simple thought, why He's marvelous. May I just say this, Jesus is marvelous. And uh, He's a marvelous God and He's a marvelous Savior. There never will be a Savior like Him. Jesus is the answer for all mankind's problems. There'll never be another solution for man's problems. And man's been able to overcome everything he's been born without except for his sin problem. You say, what makes Jesus so unique? Listen, Jesus has the only solution for man's sin. There's no other solution in the world for man's sin than Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 27, the Bible says, But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? The disciples had just experienced something unique with Jesus. They had been through a storm with Christ and they had experienced Jesus and they came out the other side saying, this man is marvelous. He's something to be marveled over. And I want you to know today that he really is marvelous in my life. He always has been right on time. He's always done what is right. He's always been good. I, he's never let me down along the way. He's a marvelous Savior. I'm glad that all my sins have been forgiven. I'm glad they're gone, gone, gone. They have been buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness. I'm glad that He remembers my sin no more. I'm thankful that I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been purchased. I've been justified, and it's all because Jesus is a marvelous Savior. I want to give you a few things here, uh, starting in verse 18 down through the end of that chapter. Just some reasons I believe that Jesus is a marvelous Savior. Number one, I want you to see this. I believe that Jesus is marvelous. He's something to shock me. He amazes me. Every, every turn, every twist Jesus surprises me. Don't you see number one? Because of the service that He commands. The Bible says in verse 18, now notice what Jesus commands those that will serve Him. Now when Jesus saw the great multitudes about Him, He gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now notice the service that he commands. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. As I read about Jesus' life, as I study the life 
and the ministry and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It amazes me the service and the commitment and the priority that Jesus demands out of His followers. Especially in a day and hour that we live where most leaders gain followers by promising great benefits and comforts but not this marvelous Jesus you would think that Jesus would promise His followers, if you follow me, I'll give you all of this and I'll make sure you have all of that. But when this crowd came to Jesus and He had an opportunity to gain a following, He made a very clear statement. He said, I want you to know, if you follow me, you may not have a home and you may not get to see your family. Jesus Christ expects to be first in our lives. That that amazes me that Jesus expects to be first in our lives. Listen, He declares that He is above all physical basic needs. That amazes me that Jesus has the audacity to say that I am more valuable to you than a home to live in. That that amazes me and I, I marvel and say what manner of man is this that's telling His followers that He is more necessary than even a place to lay your head. Listen, Jesus even said that He is above our closest human relationships. When I read this, that Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, you come follow me. When I read that, I marvel and I say, what what manner of man would so have the courage to say, look, I should be the first priority out of every relationship in your life. Listen, Jesus says, if I am not first to you, then I am nothing to you. Think about that statement. Jesus says, if I'm not first in your life, then I'm nothing in your life. Did you know that Jesus never plays second fiddle? Jesus never plays second seat. Jesus never says, well, if you'll just take part of me or love me with part of your heart, then I'll be satisfied. No, Jesus, He declares and commands full commitment. He demands that those that follow Him would make Him their first priority. I don't know about you, but when I came to Christianity, I thought, my goodness, Jesus wants to be preeminent. Jesus wants to be supreme. Jesus wants my full devotion and my full attention and my full admiration. And it just shocked me that Jesus Christ, God Himself, declared that I should put Him first above every other institution, every other relationship, even my own basic needs, that Jesus Christ and the will of the Father should be first. Now, I don't know about you, but that is contradictory to anything else I read about in this world that we live in. Sure. You know, the world, they, 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 they tell us that uh, if we'll do this and that, we'll become wealthy, we can become a millionaire, we can become this, we can become that. If you'll do this, you'll have this. You look at all the ways that the world tries to gain followers. You know, it's amazing to me the way that the world appeals to our teenagers and our college students with uh, the lure of alcohol. You know, alcohol, they always promise that if you drink alcohol, you'll, they always show a guy, he's got a six-pack of abs, big pecs, 
strong muscles, veins everywhere. He's tan, chiseled face, and nice hair. It's amazing to me they always have the most beautiful Photoshop women they can ever find on all the beer commercials and billboard commercials. Here's what they're saying. If you'll follow the God of alcohol, if you'll follow the God of this world, we promise you this and that. And the world uses promotion. The world uses all these things to gain followers. I, I have no problem with uh, some of the Christian counselors that try to tell us how to manage our money, but I just want you to know this. I, they tell us if you'll do this, and you'll do that, and you'll do this, you can be a millionaire in 10 years. And then they say this, but if you want the secret to that, you got to send me $1,000 for the course. See, so much of the world gains followers by promising them luxury and goodness. So many churches today say, hey, come to our church. We have this for your family. Come to our church. We promise you this for your children. But Jesus says, hey, if you want to come follow me, you may not have anywhere to lay your head and you may be separated from your own family. It's marvelous to me that Jesus commands such dedication and priority and service out of our lives. That just amazes me. You say, Brother John, I hadn't thought about it. Well, you might should think about it. Number two, I want you to see this. Not only the service that he commands, but I want you to see, number two, he's marvelous because of the situations that he controls. Now look with me in verse number 23. The Bible says this, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Verse number 25. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. We see here that Jesus controls every situation in this world. You know, I, I still believe that the songs that we teach children in Sunday school are more powerful than about anything you'll find. Uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. We teach the children, He's got you and me, brother, in His hands. He's got you and me, sister, in His hands. He's got the little bitty babies in His hands. What, we're trying to communicate doctrine and theology to our children that God controls the whole world. See, that, that's marvelous to me. It, it makes me wonder, why, wow, Jesus really controls, listen, every situation. I want you to see this. I want you to see the ship's design in verse 23. Notice this. It says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. You know, sometimes following Jesus will get you in trouble. Do you know that? Sometimes going where Jesus leads can get you in a mess. 
You say, I don't believe that. Ask the disciples. Jesus walked into that boat. The disciples followed Him there. And guess what they found out? There was a storm waiting for them when they were in that boat. Some people say that following Jesus doesn't cost. Some say that following Jesus is easy peasy. Some say that following Jesus is tulips and strawberry sherbet. But listen very carefully. Sometimes following Jesus can be costly in our life. Listen, the Bible tells us here that the ship's design. Look, He is in control of the boat. He's in control of the boat. Listen, and Jesus led them into the boat. Listen, Jesus led them right into the boat. May I just say this? Just follow Jesus. Just follow Christ. He can place you anywhere He wants to place you. He can do with you anything He wants to do with you. Listen, Jesus even designed that they be in the ship when they were in the ship. But look, not just the ship's design. I want you to see this. The storm's destruction. Look what the Bible says in verse number, uh, where are we at? Verse number 24. Notice this. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Listen, we see here that Jesus had put his disciples in the boat, and then Jesus led the boat right into a storm. Look, he led them into the boat, and then he led the boat into the storm. Somebody may say, well, Jesus, He can circumnavigate the storms of life. Listen, Jesus can do anything He wants to do, but He chooses to lead His disciples right through the storm. Listen, we see here that Jesus didn't make it easy on them. Jesus, as a matter of fact, was in the boat asleep. He had everything under control. Can I say this? Jesus has everything under control. Jesus has His eye on the storm. He has His eye on you in the storm. He knows every struggle you face, every battle you have to fight. And Jesus is telling us today, look, I control every situation in your life. Listen, Psalm 107 verse 25 says this, For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Jesus even can control the storms. He can control the waves. Jesus could make the wind be still. He could make the waves rise. He's teaching the disciples here, I want you to know this, I've got everything under control. So we see here that this situation He controls. There's the boat that He designed and designated for His disciples. Listen, there the storm rises and it looks to be to their destruction. But I want you to see this, the student's development. The Bible tells us here in verse 25, when the disciples came to Him, they awoke Him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Listen, Jesus is des- developing his disciples. I want you to know, once you get saved, everything changes. 
once you enter into the family of God, once you're born again into God's family, everything changes. Some things it changes now. You're no longer a child of the devil, John chapter 8, but you're a child of God. Something else it changes is no longer is hell your address, but heaven is your address. Something else it changes is the old man has died, and now you're a new creature in Jesus Christ. Now something else has changed. We've been justified by faith, therefore we have peace with God. God is no longer against us. God is no longer working against our lives. But now that we have become children of God, God is for us. And we know that verse, Romans 8, verse 28, for we know that all things work together for the good. Now, some would like you to think that the verse stops there. But may I just say this, all things are not working out for the good of the lost. I'm going to say that again. All things are not working out for the good of the lost. It says we know that all things are working together for the good of them that love God and called according to His purpose. Brother and sister, I want you to know when you enter into the family of God, at that moment everything changes. At that moment, God is for you. God is for His children. No longer are you an enemy of God, but you are now in the family of God. And when you're in the family of God, then God doesn't set about to punish us or destroy us, but God now is in the business of shaping us and fashioning us and developing us and preparing us and positioning us and using us and breaking us and molding us. And God begins doing all this through the situations in life that He is in control of. The, the Bible tells us in Philippians 1.6 being confident of this very thing that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, how long? Until the day of Jesus Christ. Look, there were some lessons that needed to be learned from their boat being in the storm. Listen, there's just some things that we got to learn. There's some things that God has to teach us. There's some things that God have to, has to develop in our lives. Some of us have too much pride. Some of us have too much sarcasm. Some of us have too much self. Some of us have too much doubt. Some have too much fear. Some have too much worry. Some have too too much unbelief and God is taking you through situations that He wants you to know today. He is in control of every situation in His children's lives. You say, well, it don't feel like it. It don't look like it. Well, if you could roll back the times and see when Job recognized that in heaven a conversation took place and God said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. And Satan said, God, the only reason Job loves you, the only reason Job serves you, the only reason Job is faithful to you is because you put a hedge around his life. You don't let anything bad happen to him. You don't let any trouble happen to him. You don't let storms come against his life. The only reason Job loves you, the only reason Job honors you is because you have put Job inside of a bubble and you don't let me touch him. And then God said, 
is alright everything that he has you can have access to only don't lay a hand on him listen when I read the story of Job I recognize that listen God has to give Satan a permission slip for anything that he does in my life and your life and then God limits him on how far he can go how deep he can go how long he can go what he can say and what he cannot say I just want you to know today that God has it under control you may be in a situation and there, and you feel like uh, that nothing that you have listen nothing that you will ever face uh, has not come through the hands of God God is using everything to sanctify me and to sanctify you there is no situation in which God is not in control listen God is developing us for what is next in our lives look just when you began to feel that God is not in control he does something special to remind us that he is God. May I just say this, Psalm 40 says, Be still and know that I am God. Listen, be still to know that He is God. God is God. Listen, COVID-19 is not God. He's God. Listen, the, the Bank of America is not God. He is God. Listen, the cancer is not God. He is God. Listen, the government is not God. He is God. I'm trying to tell you poverty is not God. He is God. Hey, sorrow is not God. He is God. Be still and know that He is God. Listen, your past is not God. He is God. Your divorce is not God. He is God. Hey, your limitations are not God. He is God. Listen, be still and know that He's God. He's in control. He's on the throne. He controls every situation in our life. Listen, what, are you, what, what is your God? Who's your God? What are you allowing to be in charge of how you feel? What are you allowing to be in charge of what you do? What are you giving into? What are you letting lead your life? Listen, He is God. He's in charge. He's in control. You and I can trust Him. Listen, He... The service He commands is He wants to be first. Listen, He's developing us through every season of life. He's developing us. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, you know, God's just knocking the smith out of you. May I just say this? God's trying to get me and you out of the way through everything in our life. He's sanctifying us. I want to, see, I want to show you this last thing. We'll be finished this morning. I want you to see this, the serpent that he conquers. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 28. The Bible says this, And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? 
We see here there's a time coming where every devil knows that Jesus will put them in torment. Listen, I want you to know today that Jesus is not nervous about what the devil is doing. Jesus is not anxious about what the devil is doing. Jesus is not concerned or biting his nails or going to see a counselor because of what the devil is doing. Listen, every demon knows Jesus. Every demon flees in the presence of Jesus. Every devil knows that Jesus is their creator. That Jesus is their maker. That Jesus is their judge. Look, the devils aren't trying to figure this out. They know. And when they see Jesus, they said, Jesus, isn't it early? Isn't it too early? The time has not yet come for you to torment us. Is the time upon us. I just want you to know Satan himself knows there's coming a time, there's coming a day where he'll no longer deceive. He'll no longer lie. He'll no longer mislead. He'll no longer abuse. I want you to know today that Jesus defeats the devil not sometimes, not most of the time, but every time. First John chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. The Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Somebody said, Brother John, the first sinner was Adam. No, listen, the devil was the the first sinner. The devil has sinned since the beginning. And listen, the Bible says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Listen, Satan has some power, but God has all power, brother and sister. Satan may appear to be on top, but listen, he's really on the bottom. It may appear when you look around that evil is winning, but listen, truth and righteousness still reign. Look, God has never lost one battle. Look, He's undisputed. He's never been beat. He's never been defeated. He's never been overcome. He's never been caught off guard. He's never been hijacked. He's never been stolen. Listen, He is still on the throne. You know, when I, when I think about Jesus Christ, sometimes the way my mind is... And the way my attitude is, I'm communicating that I have a very limited, weak, anemic Savior. Sometimes the way we talk, the way we bellyache, the way we complain, sometimes it comes across that our Savior has no ability in our lives. But listen, we see here that Jesus Christ He's a marvelous God. He's a marvelous Savior. He, he is not against the ropes. He's not down for the count. Listen, He's not out somewhere afraid trying to gather an army together. We've got to remember and understand that we are on the winning side. 
We are on the winning side. We're on God's side and God is on our side. And listen, when the dust settles and when the the cloud disappears, Jesus will still be standing. It doesn't matter what the liberals say. It doesn't matter what the perverts say. It doesn't matter what the deceivers say. It doesn't matter what the polls say. It doesn't matter what Facebook says. It doesn't matter what lives matter say. All that matters is is Jesus Christ is marvelous. Jesus Christ is in charge. Jesus Christ is my God and my Savior. He's in control. It's all under His feet. It's all part of His plan. He told us that the world would hate us. Don't be surprised. He told us that the world would persecute us. Don't be shocked about it. He said if they hated me, they'll hate you. If they mocked me, they'll mock you. He says if they hear you, then they hear God. If they reject you, they've not rejected you really. They've rejected me. Jesus said no servant is above his master. That no student is above his teacher. Jesus said, hey, they crucified the Son of God that never sinned, never deceived, never offended, never went wrong, never went to the wrong place. And the world rejected him. The world crucified him. Why in the world do we get bent out of shape when Jesus, what he's told us comes to pass. Brother and sister, listen, we're on the winning side, but Jesus said it's going to always, always, always look like evil wins. He said that's the way it's going to look down here. Satan is the prince and the power of this world. He says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. He said this right here is the devil's time. This is the devil's world. He said this is the time where the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. He said, but there is a day coming when every sinner will be cast into the lake of fire and everybody that suffered with Christ shall reign with Christ. Listen, brother and sister, this is in our time. This is the devil's time. But he said that we are to occupy until Jesus comes. We're to let our light shine. We're to be salt of the earth. He didn't say you win the whole world. He didn't say you be the most popular. He didn't say you be on the, on the world side. But he did say, look, you're on the winning side. You're on the winning side. Listen, when it's all said and done, Jesus will defend you. Jesus will reveal all things in your life. You don't have to fight about it now. You don't have to jockey for position now. You don't have to claw and bite now. Just trust God. Follow God. Believe God. And let Him fight your battles. Let Him do all the settling of every account. He is God. It's amazing sometimes as believers, we, we live, we live as, as, if, as if this is our home. Yeah. We live like this is our world, like this is our time, like this is our throne. Listen, this is His footstool. Yeah. Listen, one day every demon will bow their knee and confess that Jesus is God. Listen, one day every wicked man, every wicked woman, don't fight with them, pray for them, but every knee will bow and say that Jesus is God. Brother and sister, we're on a sinking ship. Don't be discouraged. Hey, this world's going down. Don't be discouraged. 
Hey, there's more for the devil than there are for God. Don't be discouraged. Hey, Satan's deceiving people. Don't be discouraged. Lift up your head, dear child of God. Your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming for His bride. He's coming for His church. You say, well, Brother John, I can't rejoice in that. There's a lot of lost people. There'll be poor people with us until Christ comes. And He said, as in the days of Noah, so it will be when the sun comes back. Listen, I, I know I'm heartbroken, but listen very carefully. God gives every sinner a right to choose God or reject God. And listen, you shouldn't go to bed mad about that. God gives them a right. Listen, God allows men to choose what they want, go where they want, do what they want. God gives every man an opportunity. He gives them a free will to choose God or reject God. And God says that all men are without excuse. He said some men hold the truth in unrighteousness and they trade the truth of God for a lie. They exchange the glory of God for something made by man. And brother and sister, God gives every boy, every girl, every man, every woman a right to choose God or not. And God's not bent out of shape about it and neither should you. Listen. We serve a marvelous Savior. Let's don't take our eyes off of how marvelous Jesus is and get looking around at how wicked the world is. If we spend all our time looking at how wicked the world is, we're going to be down in the mouth. We're going to be having the mully grums. We're going to have a, the pooch lip syndrome. But listen, we need to look unto Jesus Christ at how marvelous He is. You know, we're living, see, everything is working together. And the enemy is trying his best to rob God's children, steal God's children. Right now, we got all kinds of crazy things happening. Brother and sister, don't apologize for being a Christian. Don't apologize for being born male. Don't apologize for being born female. Don't apologize for being born black. Don't apologize for being born white. Because all you're saying is God was wrong. God was wrong. Listen, God's right. And listen, you, you and I shouldn't lay aside Christian joy because the world around us has rejected Jesus. We shouldn't lay aside Christian peace because the world around us is not in peace. There's nothing wrong with enjoying your inheritance. There's nothing wrong with enjoying God. We don't have to live like everybody else because we're afraid of them feeling bad. See, this age that we live in where everybody should be treated equal. Hey, listen. Everybody should have a trophy. Everybody should get a passing grade. Everybody should have free education. Listen, all that does is attacks the church. The other day, Brother Jeff and I were talking to a man and he said, you know, all the wars of the world are all religious. Brother Jeff said, well, less than 7%. I was kind of caught off guard. It was actually 6.87%. But can I tell you this? I wish I'd have thought about it, but I've been thinking about it. Everything is a war against the church. Everything's a war against the church. See, the world wants us to forget who we are and get us caught up in the world. But listen, we got to get our eyes on Jesus Christ. 
Listen, He can still be good to you in these days. He can bless you in these days. He can keep His hand upon your life and His face can shine upon you. Jesus can use you and lead you and guide you and you can have joy and you can live above the the dregs of this world and the sin of this world. We can walk with God. We can know God. We can be led by God. We can be used by God. We don't have to live defeated like the world around us. Yes, we have compassion, but we don't have to jump into bed with misery as a believer. Somebody asked me the other week, they said, well, I just don't see how Christians can go on enjoying their life with all this suffering going on around us. See, that's what the world wants us to think. Guys, listen, we're ambassadors. We don't have to live like the world. When we send ambassadors to other countries, they don't live like other countries. They live like Americans. Listen, you've been sent from heaven. Listen, you're a choice servant of God, church. Heaven has dispatched you to planet earth. God has sent you here on a mission. God has given you every resource of heaven. He's given you His Spirit. He's given us His Word. And listen, we're here on assignment. Don't get caught in the world. Don't get caught in in the sin. Don't get caught in the darkness. Listen, we have a marvelous Savior. Have you forgotten that? It's easy to forget that, church. It's easy to forget how marvelous Jesus is. The world, the other day we were, I think it was Jeff, Brother Jeff, Brother Jacob, Brother Eli. There was a man we were trying to share the gospel with and he stopped and he said, you know, there was a time that I bowed my knees to Jesus. And he said, I'll never do that again. He said, Jesus has taken everything from me. That's what he said. And he walked off. See, we're living in a day where the world's trying to put Jesus on trial. Well, if he's a good God, then why this? I ain't going to tell you right now. You ain't going to hold a court for Jesus, he's God. Well, why Jesus do this? Why I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus won't be tried by a, peer, a jury of His peers. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He, his gaze is further than our gaze. His knowledge is infinitely above ours. And everything He does is right, and it's just, and it's true, and it's holy. We just can't see it from that perspective yet. Brother and sister, listen, you're here on a mission You may be here today thinking, you know what? I'm not valuable to the kingdom. I'm not valuable to God. I'm not making a difference. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God has sent you here. God has dispatched you for a reason. You're not a waste. You're not dead weight. You're not in the way. God has an assignment for your life. And God is on your side. You're on the winning side. So let's look to Christ, church. Let's look back how wonderful He is, how marvelous He is, how strong He is, how mighty He is, how on time He is. He's a good God. Don't forget that. In the midst of this world, look, it's only going to get darker. 
It's only going to get more wicked. It's only going to get full of more sin. And listen, you've got to keep your eyes and you've got to keep your heart in the love of God. Listen, you've got to keep your mind right about God. You've got to keep your mind right about God. I was reading an article of the day and they, they were saying that the reason that our country is so confused and conflicted is the weakness of our pulpits. May I just say this? There's a lot of entertaining going on. And if you listen real close, they put the blame on God. If you listen real close, they're blaming God. I just want to say it's not God's fault that He's a marvelous God. Don't let this world change your mind about the goodness of God. Don't let, your, don't let the world, don't let your circumstances, don't let the trial, don't let the darkness, don't let the disappointments change your mind about Jesus being a marvelous, good, righteous, holy Savior. Don't let the world... Redefine how you see Jesus. Jesus said, there's many that come in my name, but they have nothing to do with me. Don't let the world redefine how we see Jesus. Father, I want to thank You for our time. I want to thank You for Your Word. I'm so thankful this morning in the quietness of this moment that we can be still and know that You're God. I'm so thankful today that You are marvelous, that You're righteous and You're good, Jesus. Forgive us for when we blame You for our behavior. Oh, we blame You for our choices. Oh, we blame You for the trouble around us. God, the world's trying to reshape our thinking about Jesus about your church, about your word, about how you created us, about how you designed us. And God, we just want to drive a a stake in the ground today saying that we're going to believe the Bible. We're going to believe what the Bible says about you, what the Bible says that you said. God, I'd rather be on your side than any other side. God, I'd rather... I'd rather take the Bible too literal, God, than not literal enough. God, I'd rather worship You too much than not worship You enough. God, I'd rather risk it all for You than not risk enough. God, I believe there's a day coming where it's appointed once for me to die. And after that, God, You'll judge judge my life. And Lord, I, I rejoice. I rejoice that Jesus Christ has made good between me and you. I'm thankful that Jesus, that marvelous Lamb of God, spotless Lamb of God, only Savior of mankind, only mediator between God and man, I'm so glad that He came and died for me. God, help us to contend for the faith. Help us, God, to study and show ourselves approved. 
Help us, God, to be able to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. Stand against the wiles of the devil. God, help us, God, not to cave to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. But God, help us to preach the Word, live by the Word, and share the Word. God, I thank You for this wonderful church, these wonderful people. God, I pray that You would keep Your hand upon us and let Your face shine upon us. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen.